smartcast.com This is the morning brief from the Economic Times produced in collaboration with avas.com The pandemic has stretched your finances to the limit You urgently need some cash and don't know what to do when suddenly scrolling through your phone you see ads offering a loan instantly without any cumbersome paperwork You click on the ad and download the app but if you agree to give it access to your contacts and gallery it's likely that you've fallen victim to an unscrupulous digital lender soon you'll find that your loan is ballooning rapidly and if you miss even a single repayment installment a nightmare of online shaming and harassment by recovery agents will begin at times even driving the borrower to suicide Of late there's been a spate of reports about these unsavory digital loan apps sometimes referred to as chinese loan apps and there are many victims in india in response the reserve bank has recently set up a committee to look at these dubious online lenders and platforms like google as well as law enforcement have swung into action but many questions still remain in today's episode we'll be looking at why these apps suddenly begin flourishing how they were able to bypass regulations so easily and what needs to be done to stop what's clearly an illegal business from the economic times i'm indulekha arvind and you're listening to the morning brief to take us through this very disturbing issue i've invited shrikant l of the digital payments advocacy group cashless consumer who's been analyzing how these apps operate for months Good morning Srikant. Hi Indulekha. I also have my colleagues Venkat Anand and Shailesh Menon who recently published a cover story in ET magazine about the digital loan app trap joining us. Welcome to the morning brief Venkat Shailesh. Hey thanks for having us Indu. Thank you Indu. Good morning. You know one of the things that strikes me is considering how tightly regulated lending is how do these apps manage to proliferate and operate so easily? Venkat can you shed some light on that It's around 2016 17 that these apps sort of start mushrooming in India initially it was called payday loans or or salary day loans you know which would be small ticket loans that these lenders would give uh, you know particularly to young working professionals who might need that capital but i think over the last uh, 18 months or so Uh, according to people we spoke to this is this has seen a substantial increase okay uh, also particularly with the chinese uh, uh, interest in the space it's coming more to light in the last one month because of the suicides mm-hmm. uh, but if you look at the entire timeline as to how this sort of scales up uh, this picks up during the pandemic i mean that is something that 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 i heard from multiple people that the boom in business was largely uh, driven by you know by the fear of of their inability to recover the money that they have already lent so that's where it comes from uh, and obviously the the pandemic or rather the you know the national lockdown mm-hmm. is also a period of uh, extremely heavy stress especially on the financial front for a lot of people for a lot of gig economy workers who seem to be uh, a good chunk of of their target audience and you know that's where they see a business opportunity shailesh how do they manage to you know flout regulations and operate with such apparent ease uh yeah so you know now you know before we talk about uh, lending apps you know we need to understand uh, you know the lending laws in that country and you know these are pretty simple and uh, straight to understand 
so there is no law that prevents people from loaning money to one another basically if you friend a and b if a is lending money to b it's a perfectly legal transaction but if a is accepting an interest from b for his loan then he will have to show it as an income in his uh, return filing if one has to do uh, commercial lending you know he has to either get himself registered as an nbfc or maybe get a bank license you know if he doesn't want to do either of the two then he can kind of you know register himself as a money lender under the money lenders act you know which uh, you know which is uh, you know which is there in several states basically the state law when you come to this when we talk about these digital lenders and their illegitimate business or the illegitimate digital lenders these guys go completely off radar you know they don't they don't stick to any of these uh, three modes they may not have an nbfc they are definitely not a bank and they don't they rarely kind of sign up with a uh, you know sign up as a money lender what they do is they simply register a new company under the companies act they develop an app and just start commercial lending so, so there is nothing that links them to the rbi or to the monetary authority basically Now, this mode is completely illegal so there are a few smarter guys still the illegitimate ones what they do is to go on the right side of the law they'll just try to tie up or you know or partner with an inactive nbfc now the now the, the, the curse of indian banking is there are 9000 nbfcs you know over 9000 registered nbfcs in the country and out of the you know only the good guess is that you know over 8500 or 8500 they are not doing any meaningful business they are just shell nbfcs they just don't have any business you know uh, to 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 speak about so so what they do is they, they these these illegitimate lenders they they just partner with these nbfcs uh, uh, you know use them as the front and then they start giving out loans you know in such arrangements the nbfc it doesn't have any any it doesn't take any loans on its book but it gets a commission it gets a 1 to 3% commission for all the loans disbursed without ha- really having to take the risk of you know taking booking the loans on its book and uh, you know the lender the legitimate lender or the app hmm. you know it lends from its uh, from its own pocket or, or on behalf of people who have kind of uh, you know bankrolled his business okay got it but shrikant could you explain the chinese connection that exists for a lot of these apps as you've uh, pointed out in your research and analysis yeah so fundamentally there are like uh, two types of connections so one is uh, say whether the chinese investors uh, own uh, nbfcs directly uh, through ownership structures or say indirectly uh, starting these uh, illegitimate fintech companies uh, that chinese just mentioned about uh, and then the other connection is the on the technology front so uh, the first connection was on the financial front and ownership structures of these companies the other connection is the uh, technology so what most of these apps do is use a white label software backend by that what i mean is it's it's like using a off the shelf software and and customizing it to bring out an app to give an example starting a loan app is as easy as starting a blog uh, just like how uh, people say yeah. download wordpress and and deploy their own blog on their own site uh, starting a loan app is as easy as that and more, most of these uh, white label softwares that have uh, analyzed have predominantly developed by chinese entities and these entities in fact even uh, operate kind of globally uh, in the sense they they market their white label softwares uh, to uh, entities that operate in multiple countries uh, and this is like one set uh, of uh, industries that is catering to the loan apps and then we actually have a broader ecosystem of uh, data brokers uh, 
wherein like all these uh, instant loan apps also uh, do one other promise right which is like instant uh, provisioning of loan uh, with very minimal documentation or even credit bureau check i mean the whole premise is that uh, these entities uh, service a population which say do not have a formal financial history or credit score and so on uh, so what they do is they also do an alternate data based risk modeling and for these alternate data uh, sources uh, most of these uh, loan backends actually sync up with uh, data brokers uh, who might have sourced data either from your OEM devices or you know, the fancy apps. And now here is where it is important to link up the say, hmm. the app ban, which the government announced a few months back, uh, citing that the apps yeah. kind of intrude and take away not much of data. Got it. But Venkat, could you take us through how these apps uh, typically operate, you know, starting from reeling in the customers and how that some kind of seems to increase very rapidly. In terms of uh, the modus operandi, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, having spoken to multiple victims, uh, at least two victims told me that they got sucked in by uh, entire promise of, of an instant loan, the sort of the need not to go through the, you know, the rigors and the rigmarole of the official, you know, lenders uh, in India. So the objective is obviously it's out there. People need money. So they so they sort of flood in these social networks with very easy ads that, that can be manipulated. But once you get sucked into it, it's a very straightforward process. Says, uh, this is a completely opaque process, which just relies on a few steps, and then and then you get sucked into the whole process in the sense that you uh, you seek a loan of of let's say ten thousand rupees, uh, and then you know that you know that product is 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 for a seven to fifteen day period. Okay. Uh, even though on Google Play Store, let's say it's advertised for a sixty to ninety day period, that is because of the of the uh, of the of the policy of uh, uh, of the play store itself you know the moment you start paying the loan i mean you get you get completely uh, sort of you know caught in this vortex of sorts it's 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 a trap laid for you because the moment you pay that loan it's usually out of your savings account and you know these companies know that you need more money so so they in, so immediately they will offer you a loan of of let's say i I take a loan of say ten thousand rupees. They'll say, "Okay, you know what? Okay, you've repaid the loan now. Okay, I'll, how about you? You know, you take twenty thousand rupees." And obviously, these come at a uh, at a heavy uh, interest rate, which sometimes can be analyzed uh, into hundreds or thousands of percents. And then come the recovery agents. That that itself is an industry, as was told to me by uh, you know by a couple of people who are following this space very closely. For example, let's say the company will be in one state, and the and the recovery side of the business will be in some other state. So, uh, so databases are handed over on mass to these, uh, you know, to these uh, recovery agents, which which in in due course sounds like a data breach, uh, you know, because obviously this is confidential data. It involves Aadhaar, it involves PAN card, and so on. And then they start using unscrupulous methods to uh, to social shame. Got it. Just to add to Venkat, uh, sure. so the recovery agents also act as a selling agents. So what they do uh, initially is they don't actually instantly start go to the social shaming levels. So they, for a person who's taken done his first default, they would probably actually ask them to take another loan app, uh, get another loan. And then repay the first, uh, and this kind of gives them a time. But then this kind of goes onto loop, uh, which basically uh, makes people roll up loans. Uh, and this is what we've seen in some victims having as much as twenty apps on their phone. Uh, all, all these uh, lending apps, which kind of roll yes, up loans. Yes. And a small note on uh, social shaming and digital shaming, uh, in the sense that uh, while social shaming is not new, uh, like 
typically all lenders uh, from time immemorial have say indulged in, in that uh, there is a distinct aspect when it comes to digital uh, especially say when uh, the user medium like whatsapp and create a group of all your contacts uh, i think the the kind of uh, level of social shaming kind of exponentially increases because now uh, literally every person on your phone uh, is aware of your uh, shaming uh, as against say a physical lender coming in front of your house uh, and shaming which only restricts to say your neighborhood of course so in a tragic way digital means that they've also been able to scale up this shaming to uh, unprecedented levels right 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 you know why did it take so long for the regulator to wake up shailesh can you tell us what they've done so far well let's start with google you know because google is actually uh, the platform that parades these apps uh, before the public uh, google has uh, deplatformed uh, you know several uh, lending apps you know that offer extreme short term loans as venkat said you know these guys uh, uh, you know these apps this illegitimate app mm-hmm. uh, you know they get on the play store by qualifying themselves as uh, 60 to 90 day lender and uh, and once they are on the platform they start uh, you know peddling 7 to 30 days loans basically uh, i mean google only approves uh, 60 plus uh, uh, days loan products on its uh, or rather under its uh, uh, lending app category so google has been proactive uh, so far you know in uh, throwing out a lot of these uh, apps that offer uh, uh, or that peddle uh, these uh, short term loans extreme short term loans so the, the regulator you know uh, which in this case is uh, the reserve bank of india you know uh, you know they have appointed uh, a working committee you know to look into this entire uh, digital lending apps uh, you know segment basically and uh, you know this committee you know may come out with some laws or guidelines over the next few months so that's that's one thing that we are expecting from the reserve bank yeah just to add to shailesh on uh, the regulation uh, i think the kerala government has announced in its budget that they will be amending their uh, money lenders act Uh, to include uh, provisions related to these digital lenders and this is important because uh, when shailesh initially mentioned that uh, you have to follow in one of the three categories uh, two of them being regulated by the rbi which is the banks and nbfcs and the money lenders being regulated by the money lenders act through various state laws uh, and in that sense i think the kerala government's move should kind of be replicated across got it uh, shrikant i finally wanted to come to you uh, to tell us what can someone do if they've been a victim of these apps and also what are the red flags that people should watch out for okay so one obviously is they can contact the police uh, if there is harassment on the repayment uh, but reports have suggested that even though the apps have been like deep platform from google play store uh, the harassment continues or so the recovery uh, operations still continue and uh, one way frankly is to pay out and get out of the mess coming to the red flags uh, if there is no website address uh, that's obviously a first red flag uh, we've kind of analyzed over 1000 apps and only like 300 of them had a legit website and uh, one other red flag uh, is the physical address so uh, the app google play store actually has a physical address uh, mentioned for some of these apps and here again uh, only hardly 10% of the apps actually had a physical address Uh, and one could easily verify the address by say uh, copying that address and putting in google maps and to see whether uh, it actually exists uh, in real world uh, this is like one easy quick uh, filter red flag that people can do uh, the other red flag let's say you've, you've had a loan app and uh, 
see if you've not got a copy of loan agreement in a typical digital lender flow uh, there has to be an agreement between the lender and you and you have to e-sign that agreement and only then the lending agreement actually becomes a valid legal document uh, the other red flag obviously is like a non-responsive customer care uh, and so on so thanks for explaining that uh, so lucidly thank you shrikant bankar shailesh for joining us today and at great length explaining what the issue is and what consumers could do our pleasure thanks indu the crisis of the pandemic was evidently an opportunity for a host of unscrupulous digital lenders many with chinese links to prey on people who were in dire need of money While law enforcement has been proactive, it's again regulation that needs to catch up so that such fly-by-night operators are not allowed to entrap more victims. In a situation where building a loan app is apparently as easy as starting a blog, perhaps as Shrikant mentions, most states could take a cue from Kerala's plans to amend the rules around the Money Lenders Act to make it harder for these digital loan sharks to operate. You're listening to the Morning Brief from the Economic Times and I'm Indulekha Arvind. Today's episode was edited by Devina Sengupta and Nehal Chaliawala and coordinated by Nehal. Do send us your feedback to the Morning Brief at timesgroup.com and share the episode on social media if you enjoyed it. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a great day. dot com